Hi everyone, um, I'm reading, hi, <laughs> um, I'm reading Luke 11, 9-13, it's page 984 in the Church Bible. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, uh, those who seek find, and those, to those who knock the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. So, as you may know, today is Father's Day. Across the country, it's a day where we celebrate fathers and father figures. We show our appreciation for their efforts, support, and commitment to us as people. I think that on this day of fathers, it'd be remiss of us not to talk and think about the first father, God. This isn't a secret that anybody's trying to hide. Uh, in the Bible, he's often touted as the all-powerful, the almighty father, but what you may not have realized is that fatherhood is one of the main themes of the Bible. It's one third of the Holy Trinity. He's the father of creation. And it's one of the first words in most versions of the Lord's Prayer. Our father in heaven. Not our God in heaven. Not our idol. Not our leader. But our father in heaven. Being our father is arguably the defining personality trait of God. And our passage today is a showcase of a love and passion that comes from such a father. So we start with a promise from God, what he's willing to do for us. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. This is God's way of saying, whatever you need, I got you covered. I got your back. Don't sweat it. But look, close. <laughs> but look closely at the wording of the pledge. At first glance, the three points might seem the same. But when you look at them, they're actually quite different. You're, if you're asking for something, you're looking for answers. If you're seeking, then you're probably looking for guidance. And if you're knocking on the door, then you're looking for opportunities. So God isn't just saying he can come, we can go to him with anything, you know, a one-size-fits-all kind of way. He's making it clear we can go to him with ambition, questions, or dilemmas. To the fathers in the room, how many times has your son or daughter asked you a question that you've least tried to answer? How many times have they come to you when they're at a crossroad and you've used your years of wisdom to give them a, a piece of sage-worthy advice? <laughs> and if you could give them an opportunity to make themselves or their lives better, then you would, wouldn't you? Fathers do those things every day, not because oh, they have some law or rule book or a how-to guide on how to be a father, but... You know, because it's, they have a passion and a love for us that's deep inside their hearts. Like God, they convey their overabundant wealth of commitment to us. And, you know, so we can be better and stronger with their love. You know, what's more, there's no caveats to any of this. No requirements, no quid pro quos, no restrictions. Look at the passage. It doesn't say it will be given to you if you go to church or the door will be opened if you spread my word. God's saying these gifts are always waiting for you, no matter what. The entire promise comes from a place of selflessness, uh, a message built from an unconditional, boundless love. That is how it will always be. No strings attached. 
of course, it would be naive of me not to acknowledge the fact that not all fathers can be great. Sometimes they let us down. They let us fall, whether they meant to or not. But since God's image of a perfect father is actually a self-portrait, <laughs> even the most brilliant of fathers will still fall short in his glory. God knows this uh, to the extent he can always do one better because, his, because of his limitless power and passion for us. It burns within, within him, a constant drive to be there for us, to never let us fall, to always hold us high. Hello. Oh, that's nice and loud. Okay. Um, I would like to try something different. It might not work, so bear with me. <laughs> Just for a moment, talk to, amongst yourselves about beekeeping. Just beekeeping. <coughs> All right. Raise your hand if you found it easy to talk about. There you go. Oh, wow. Lots of people know about beekeeping then. <laughs> Raise your hand if you would find it easier to talk about your interests and your passion. Or oh, hopefully that's more. <laughs> Whether it's gardening, music, or sports, if something exists, it's probably somebody's passion, at least one person's passion. But we are not just passionate about things for the sake of it. We are passionate because God wanted it that way. We were created in God's image. He gave us the ability to love something so much we would pour time money into researching, practicing, and devoting ourselves to it. It's not a responsibility because we want it. But God didn't just create passion when he made us. He took his own and put a piece of it in every one of us. God is so passionate for his handcrafted creations that he made all of us and more without breaking a sweat. Whilst God's passion is focused on us, ours might not be focused on him. The key is figuring out how to adapt our passion to develop a focus on God and the church. For example, your passion may be public speaking, like me and Dan, <laughs> somehow pulling off a preach to the whole congregation. <laughs> Think about what you look forward to in church, prayer, worship, or the wonderful cookies that are served at the hatch over there. Can you combine that with your passion? Consider looking into how you could get involved. Perhaps nothing I'm saying is striking any chords. But if you've got ideas that you are passionate about, explore them, develop them, and share them. You might find your idea will be someone else's passion. Brilliant. Oh, on that note, as we come to a close, we'd like to implore you to think about your passion what really gets you going, and how you could use that in the context of God.